Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. Chapter 9, beginning in verse 51, it says, When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him, who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him, because his face was set toward Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Yeah, so we're stepping back into the Gospel of Luke, uh, his account of the story of Jesus and the life of Christ. Uh, we, we started there at Christmas and then the first of the year, kind of walked through some of those first chapters, and then we took a bit of a break. Uh, we, we, we stepped back into the story last, or a couple of weeks ago at Easter, uh, kind of at the end, uh, or a climax, we'll say, of the story for Luke. Luke actually, you guys, many of you know, right, wrote two um, uh, volumes in the New Testament. Uh, and in terms of like length, is a, is a significant portion of the content of the New Testament. Uh, but this two-volume work, the first is the story of Jesus um, that leads us to the events we celebrated at Easter. And then his second volume, the book of Acts, takes us into uh, what happens next and the birth of the church and the continued uh, work of Jesus in the world through uh, his people. And we're stepping back kind of earlier in the story in Luke's gospel over these next, uh, just for the next while, we're going to step back into the story of Jesus as Luke uh, gives it to us. And today we step into that story at kind of a, in Luke's sort of, the, the way he lays out his narrative, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, I don't know, a hinge, a turning point in the story we haven't looked at all the previous nine chapters, but we've, we've looked at um, a, a good chunk of them. And then in this moment, uh, Luke's narrative takes a turn. And, and we see it in that phrase that uh, Kristen read for us, right? That Jesus, in this moment, the days drew near for him to be taken up. He set his face to go to Jerusalem, right? It's this turning point, and now the rest of the narrative, actually uh, 10 something chapters or so, uh, are, are walking along with Jesus on the road to Jerusalem, which as we know, uh, having just celebrated Easter, is the focal point. Uh, this is where um, things are going to get um, serious very, very quickly, right? The events of Holy Week, Easter, all of these things we just celebrated. I mean, this is Jerusalem, the seat of religious authority, uh, all of it's kind of representative of the things in which uh, Jesus will bump up against along the way, Jerusalem. I mean, this is this is a significant uh, destination, and Jesus here, much earlier in the story, sets his face uh, to Jerusalem. It's, it's interesting, Luke, compared to some of the other New Testament writers, the stories of Jesus, Luke's pace just feels different. Uh, if you read Mark, 
you'll hear the word immediately a lot. Mark just kind of hits the ground running and like reminds you that this is, you know, intense. Repent, repent, and immediately, immediately. Luke's pace is very different, right? He sets his face to Jerusalem in chapter 9, and then it's not until 10 chapters later, you're like, oh, we've, we've been sort of ambling along the way with Jesus, and now we're here, right? Just the, the, the feeling is a bit different, as if he uh, invites you and me into uh, just listening uh, along with and hearing following Jesus along the road. And so that's what we want to do over these next few weeks. Uh, we're going to step into the story and hopefully hear a bit of the grace, the good news of the kingdom of God uh, that he came uh, to announce and to work. Uh, my hope is that you will hear that uh, yourselves and uh, we as a church will uh, hear it as well. How many of you guys have been like planting stuff? Spring season, you guys are like, we're chatting with a couple of you before. Yeah, Quinn. Uh, we, we uh, I just to kind of tell you a little story, uh, you know, we uh, have this one spot, the corner of the house, you know, people kind of on the front, around the corner, people like to plant the really pretty trees there, you know, the people that are good at that sort of thing that I just envy uh, people like to plant uh, things there. So we've had this spot uh, and, and we have, we have uh, our current track record is we've killed two trees in this location and we just planted a third yesterday, right? Um, we uh, killed two trees. Actually, we were gifted an apple tree. We're like, that sounds fun. And we put that there and that didn't last long. Uh, well, then Mother's Day a year ago, the kids and I were like, we'll put one of those, I think it's like an emperor maple, the, Jap the kind of red, really pretty uh, uh, leaves, you know, dark, deep red, and uh, we'll put that there, and we killed that one too, and uh, you, you know, we're like, maybe, maybe, it'll, maybe it'll be okay, and then, no, right, we, we killed it, so uh, uh, actually, uh, we've developed a reputation, right, so we bought a third tree yesterday, and, and you know, we were going to plant a tree, and my kids are like, are you sure that's a good idea? <laughs> Right? They're kind of like throwing shade at us already. And I'm like, hey, you know, whoa, 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 right? Well, uh, so, you know, the kids, we, we, uh, we had been to the Arboretum earlier in the day, and they had given us uh, free trees. Really, they were sticks. They called them trees, but they just looked like twigs. I'm, I, I don't know. But uh, I'm like, you should see what we can do with the more mature trees. I don't know if this is a wise move, right? Uh, but they gave them to us, you know, and we've been talking. We're like, we're going to plant these trees in that spot. And the kids were like, wow. So the kids left for the afternoon. We're playing with some friends. While they were gone, Jess and I went and bought a different tree, a dogwood, much more mature, already with flowers, right, and planted it in that location. And my kids got home. They were like, whoa. I'm like, I know, right? You thought we couldn't do it, but look, right, we, we have figured this thing uh, out, right, already flowering, right? Who knew? Uh, and I, I think sometimes we take, uh, that's our expectation of the life of faith. Right, the, the life on the road with Jesus, that once we sort of come into contact with Jesus, all the sort of, I mean, I assume these branches are living, but all the, all the sort of dead trees we bring into this conversation, Jesus very quickly sort of turns it into blooming uh, trees, right, of beauty, right, that this life there. And that certainly happens, right? We've seen it already in the story of the gospel, that as people, their lives come into contact with Jesus, there is an instant expression of life and grace. But Oftentimes, and maybe your life is a testament to this, that's not our kind of lived experience. Our, our lived experience is a bit more, to mix metaphors here, it's, it's a little less dogwood and a little more like the long and winding road by the Beatles, right? Where, where there's a sense in which, man, we, we have bumped into Jesus. He has changed our lives, but this walk along this road is kind of not what we expected, hasn't really taken us where we thought it would go, maybe hasn't resulted in the kind of life uh, the kind of like flowering uh, beauty that we thought it, it would or as quickly as we thought it, it would. It's more uh, long and winding road. You guys familiar with the song? 
So, some of us, yeah. yeah. I knew Bill would be, but uh, for the rest of you, <laughs> right? Uh, one of the last, right, came at the end. The Beatles had already kind of fractured, uh, and, and uh, some speculate, you know, Paul McCartney wrote it and it's credited McCartney Lennon, but uh, that there was some conflict around the song. You can do your own Wikipedia search, right? That uh, uh, the, the, he, uh, McCartney had some issues with how they wanted to arrange it, all these kinds of things, but there's some speculation, you know, was he looking back? Uh, at the long road they had been on very quickly, but like all the success and now things were, you know, fractured. Uh, or was he looking ahead? All this sort of uh, perception wrapped up in this song, you know, uh, you can go and listen to it and check it out. Some speculation even that like the nature of the song is a little, you don't quite know where you are in it. Like what's the chorus? What's the bridge? It's a little disorienting in that way as you listen to it. And I think maybe that's a more accurate picture of life. Right, for you and me often, uh, life on the road. Like we want to just think it's like, man, I put, the, I put the stick in the ground and poof, right, beautiful pink flowers. But really it's a long often and winding road full of ups and downs, disappointments and celebrations, all kinds of things. And, and uh, I, I think uh, that that experience, uh, we bump into it in this bit of the story of Jesus this morning. Right, uh, we're gonna call this series loosely. We're gonna live in this theme of like life on the road, uh, on the road that you're walking, and all of its meanderings and ups and downs. Along that way, you bump into Jesus, and no doubt you find life. But perhaps that road doesn't continue the way that you thought it would. And I think that's the experience of everyone in the story that uh, Kristen read for us this morning. I uh, just again to set a bit of context. All right, so we haven't sort of walked through all these passages uh, on, on Sunday mornings here, but but just a, a briefly, we've looked at some of the stories. We you know we, we saw the Christmas story. Uh, we started there, and some of the beginning of Jesus's ministry that God was going to turn things upside down and elevate the lowly and bring down the the prideful and uh, this this inversion, the way in which God would work in the world. The things we thought would be priorities maybe would not be. God would push the boundaries of. Uh, of sort of who uh, he came to serve, all those things we've looked at. Uh, just a couple of chapters prior to this one, Jesus has kind of laid out the sort of manifesto of what this kingdom would look like. The content that you, you probably recognize as parts of the Sermon on the Mount, we find in Luke chapter 6, uh, as Jesus is teaching, telling us, well, this is what this uh, journey is going to look like. Um, more immediately in chapter 9, Peter has made a confession, you are the Christ. Jesus has tried to explain to them that he would have to die, right? that he would experience rejection. Uh, and then this beautiful moment of the transfiguration, this, this incredibly supernatural, mystical moment uh, that Jesus has pulled Peter and James and John into, uh, where he, they see him with uh, Moses and Elijah. And there's all sorts of things wrapped up in there. And that's the immediate context to what we now read as Jesus now sets his face to Jerusalem. I want to suggest to you that this story is a lot like the story we considered at Easter. Right at the Easter moment in, in Luke's story, uh, there's people all over the roads, right? Some literally on the road, right? Uh, on the road to Emmaus, uh, trying to make sense of Jesus, right? Trying to figure out uh, how to make sense of what they've experienced. Now, this is a very similar, I, I think, scene where we have people uh, along the road with Jesus, trying to, trying to figure out what it means to be on this road with Jesus, this long and winding road. And as we saw at Easter, I think we see this morning, man, they were all over the map. 
much like you and, and me. And we don't have to, you don't have to dig too deeply into the story to see it. We'll, we'll look right at the beginning here. If we, we could put the verses up there, verses, the first paragraph, uh, he, he sets his face to Jerusalem, and the very next thing that happens, he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. So right, right out the gate, all right, right out the gate, Jesus is uh, beginning this journey to Jerusalem, and immediately the first group of people, the Samaritans, it's just an outright rejection, right? No, right? We don't, we don't want what you're selling. Uh, they're on record as not recognizing Jerusalem as sort of central to worship. Uh, There's a whole backstory here, and uh, but but they just an immediate rejection, perhaps their need of a Messiah as he's been presented here to them in Jesus, all these kinds of things, and right out of the gate, right out of the gate, first. The first moment on the road to Jerusalem as Luke gives it to us, rejection, right? Before the road trip, mountains or beaches, I don't know where you're headed, right? Flowering dogwoods, whatever that is for you, right? Before he even sort of sets off in earnest down the road, the first stop is a closed door of rejection, Um, right, right out the gate, Maybe that's uh, where you find yourself in relation to Jesus this morning. You were perhaps friends just, I'm just going to keep whatever Jesus is at uh, arm's length. But not just the Samaritans. You guys are here this morning, so my hunch is that's not you, right? On a Sunday morning, beautiful as this, uh, you are here uh, next to O'Reilly's and uh, worshiping uh, the risen Savior. Uh, but, but they're not the only ones in the story. Like, we keep reading in this story, uh, the disciples here named James and John, poor guys. I'm just like, man, you know, oh, could, could we have remained anonymous, Luke? Uh, right, but here, uh, James and John, when the disciples James and John saw it, this rejection by the Samaritans, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Right? I, uh, if I could live in the spring planting world a little longer. We've also planted tulips uh, in in our front yard. Not lots of them, but enough so that when spring comes, right, we're reminded, oh, there's life that survives the dead of winter, right? And then we pull up and the buds are coming up and it's just, uh, you know, I'm being dramatic, but it really makes us feel good. Uh, But this year, the tulips just did not do their thing. I, I don't know why, maybe a greener thumb than mine can explain it to me, but compared to previous years past, we didn't do anything differently. They just didn't, uh, just didn't bloom like we thought they would. And my kids, and they must have heard us talking about it because now, you know, driving around town, every time we pass a bed of tulips, look at those tulips. Ours don't look like that, right? Every time. Uh, man, those, those are incredible. What happened to yours? I'm like, they're yours too, right? <laughs> Uh, it's a moment in which I feel, I think I resonate with the feeling. I, you're talking about, I want to call down fire from heaven, right? On the tulips, not the children, to clarify. But uh, that, that feeling, right? And, and there's this moment, this impulsive reaction here from uh, James and John. Uh, at, the, at the experience of rejection, the rejection of Jesus, they, 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 they move uh, towards judgment. Let's call down fire from heaven. And, and this movement, I think, is not without warrant. They've just seen Jesus with Elijah. Uh, a story resonant with fire from heaven. Oh, wait, maybe that's how this is going to work. God, you want us, uh, Jesus, let, let us call down fire from heaven like Elijah. 
And Jesus, interestingly, it tells us here in verse 55, he turned and rebuked them. He turned and rebuked them. So, so just if you're keeping score, the Samaritans, like, not getting whatever this road trip is about. And now James and John, the sort of inner circle of disciples, apparently also not getting what this road trip is about. I, I shared with someone, uh, we were chatting in a small group, uh, kind of the gentle and lowly book we've been reading together. Uh, I was, was chatting with one of the guys in the group about uh, someone just sent me a, uh, a video of Tolkien, uh, author of Lord of the Rings. Uh, you guys knew that already. But uh, Tolkien, uh, an interview uh, where he was asked about, uh, slight spoiler alert, right? They're like, why don't the eagles just take everyone to Mordor? Why the long epic tale? I mean, again, spoiler they, they help them in the end of the story. So much could have been saved if they'd helped them at the beginning, right? And uh, so this video is like someone's asking uh, Tolkien this question, and he's responding. He's like, I get this question a lot. You know, whatever the story is telling, this gentleman in a pub asked me this question, and I can't, you know, uh, emulate this sort of stately British accent that comes with age and wisdom. But he's like, I get this question a lot. I told that guy what I tell everyone who asked me that question. Shut up, right? Yeah, right? Like, like uh, you feel Jesus, right? James and John, like, should we call down fire from heaven? And, and you, 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 can, you can feel Jesus turn to them. I don't know that he said shut up. He's probably more polite than that. But, but he rebukes them. Like, no, no, no. no. And, and, and what we hear in this moment is Jesus challenging even their understanding of what this road trip is about. Interestingly, Jesus, again, his context we didn't read, but just prior, he has tried to drive home the fact to them that rejection and brokenness will be a part of this journey. That on this road that he has set his face on, uh, he is headed towards, ultimately and along the way, rejection. And still, uh, his response to that in this moment, I guess Jesus is saying, I'm not going to fight that. In my mercy, I will even forgive it at its ultimate expression. Uh, and, and yet, his disciples can't seem to sort of grasp or in this moment have trouble realizing that, that Jesus, even in the face of rejection, is full of mercy. Let us call down fire from heaven. You can, uh, the story would be so much easier, Jesus, right? If the eagles just came now, call down fire from heaven, and he rebukes them and says no. So the Samaritan's not getting it. James and John in this moment, missing even that Jesus is about mercy in the face of rejection. But then verses the second paragraph here that we read this morning. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus said, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, follow me, but he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom. And yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one, no one puts his hand to the plow and then looks back. No one who does that is fit for the kingdom of God. And so here again, sort of in, in triplet, right, we have the Samaritans, just outright rejection. James and John sort of missing what this road trip is about. And now here's some would-be disciples, would-be followers. And even these guys in the story 
kind of missing it. The, 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 the life of following Jesus, Jesus is not lowering the bar. Not like, there's not this sort of like, uh, you know, cheap grace here where he just lowers the bar. Everyone can just kind of come along. No, the bar is still very high. Jesus is telling them the life of following me is not without cost. It will cost something. Everything in your life, every relationship in your life will be reoriented now, relativized around how you relate to me. And in hearing that, all these would-be disciples like, you know, maybe this road trip is harder than we were expecting. Just wait. Give me some time. All right, let, let, me, let me take a moment to sort of get my life in order. And there's some suggestion here, this particular bit about let me go and bury my, my, my father. It's not as though he's dead. Just let me go do this real quick. It's, it's let me go back and prepare my family and inheritance and all these things so that when the time comes that my father passes, however long that may be, uh, things will be in order and then I will be ready uh, and life will be in a place that I can follow you. Again, not without um, relevance in the story. Elijah in the Old Testament had a disciple of his own and he gave him, you know, go, tell your family and then come. And, uh, but here in this moment, that doesn't seem to be uh, what Jesus is driving at. It says there is a cost. Uh, life with me is perhaps not what you expect or thought it would be. This imagery of the plow, looking back. You get the sense in which in this example, right, it's all these would-be followers. Uh, maybe that's you. I don't know. Me at times. Like, uh, but like yes, but maybe not yet, right? So, so where are we? I, I don't know. Some road trip, right? Some road trip. Before we even sort of, again, Lucas set it up. Jesus sets his face to Jerusalem. And what's the first thing that happens? He's rejected by the Samaritans. James and John miss uh, the mercy that will characterize Jesus' response. And would-be disciples are like, oh, maybe this is more than we bargained for. Right? Everyone in the story comes up short. Um, some suggest, right, that in Luke's telling of the story, this whole long sort of narrative as he journeys to Jerusalem is about sort of forming these disciples, the formation of disciples along the journey. But interestingly, on those terms, the story is a failure, right? If, if, if this is what it's about, sort of how well we become and, and, and how well the, the characters in his story become formed as disciples, it's a failure because it begins with, we didn't read it this morning, but just before the verses we read, he tries to tell them this is what it will be like. It says they did not understand. And then it ends with, after all of that walking along with Jesus in chapter 18, they understood nothing. They did not grasp what was said. It's a story of people across the spectrum sort of missing the points, missing what this road with Jesus will be like. It's language, it's a, a, a feeling of movement that will permeate Luke's telling of the story. Even in our reading, Jesus is going, he's on the way, he's on the road, and he's calling others to come along, and all along the way, there will be exceptions, moments of life, and immediate blossoms of beauty, but, but a characteristic of the story will be rejection, and people all along the way missing what he's saying. I don't think it's a secret that uh, I do enjoy running, and for me, at times, a part of running is, you know, you listen to, like, a music, right? You guys, you know, curate your own playlists, if you will, right? And you put those songs in there that really just, like, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's not running. Uh, maybe it's uh, a 
while swimming? Can you listen to music while swimming? I don't know. Uh, like really make you, you know, go for those strokes. I don't know. Uh, right, but you listen, you put those, uh, okay, we, we jumped the shark here. Uh, you listen to those songs that really like, uh, you know, they just, they just sort of, your pace quickens, right? And uh, one of those for me recently, uh, it's an Arcade Fire song that might be familiar to some of you. If not, it's okay. Uh, but it's called No Cars Go, and it builds and builds and builds towards the end, and then this, this like, rolling snare, right, at the end, and, and the accordion, I know, right, there's an accordion, it's like, like, growing in intensity, the, the musically, it's building, and then uh, the, 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 the band members are just sort of singing, oh, you know, like, and it's just growing, 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 you're like, I'm running faster, you're running faster, just in your imaginations now, you're like, yes, I can do this, right, you're running, well, then they get to this lyric, or they just, I don't know, it's a part of the song, they're like, uh, little babies, let's go, women and children, let's go, old folks, let's go, I don't know where we're going, but and I'm like, yes, I'll go, right, right, you guys are like, man, Matt, oh, goodness, I hear that, I, well, this is why it's relevant, because I hear that song when I read this portion of the gospel, Jesus sets his face to Jerusalem, you can feel it, we've, we've been hearing the songs of the angels at Christmas, it's like, the snare starts to kick in, Jesus bumps into a, a funeral procession uh, coming out of town, and, and he wakes the kid up, and oh, yeah, the accordion kicks in. You're like, oh, yeah, man, the, the intensity is building. He's on the Mount of Transfiguration with Moses and Elijah, and it's, the chorus is, oh, you know, people are singing. And we, we get to this moment, and he sets his face to Jerusalem, and he's on the road, and little babies, let's go, women and children, everybody come. And I'm like, well, yes, and immediately just falls flat. Immediately the wheels come all this intensity and building and excitement. Where is this journey going? Jesus, he's come to bring the kingdom of God right out the gate. Not here, no thanks. Let's call down fire from heaven. Don't you, haven't you heard anything I've said? I'm, I'm about mercy in the face of rejection. Come and follow me. It's going to be harder than I anticipated. Maybe later. Right? And Jesus, in the midst of this sort of building chorus it just falls flat and he has to say something like no one no one having put his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom and I wonder I wonder if that isn't exactly the point if that isn't all of us the point of the story, the, the, the point, uh, the reason for which Luke gives this, this moment right out of the gate as they begin this journey. Everyone in this story comes up short, and that includes you and me. None of us get it. None of us are fit for the kingdom. And, and that's kind of the point of the story, right? All of us, all of us at times guilty of a hand to the plow, but a look over the shoulder. But here's the good news of the story is while we're looking around, Jesus never does. His face is set to Jerusalem. It's, it's, it's what makes, uh, I think, set against all the other characters of the story. It's what makes his posture in this story so beautiful and life-giving. All the more remarkable. We're looking back. We're away. We're down our nose at the people around us. Jesus has set his face to Jerusalem anyway. While our eyes are all over the road, Jesus' eyes are fixed. We're fixed on what he's going to do for the very people who will reject him. People like you and me. 
Jesus, with no place to lay his head, has his eyes fixed on a work that will provide and create a home for all who would come. I don't know where you are this morning in that experience. I don't know what sort of twist and turn you're on in the long and winding road of your life. Maybe different places at different times, sometimes looking away, maybe looking down, eyes all over the road. I want you to hear this morning, this is the life that meets you right here where you are on that long and winding road. In the middle of all you're looking around, Jesus Christ has fixed his attention, has fixed his attention, his eyes never wavering, his face set on mercy and grace that he will work for disciples who repeatedly fail to live up to it. Will you guys stand with me? Thank you for listening to the Park City Church Podcast. To learn more about our church and or to find ways to get involved in our community, visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at parkcitykc.com.